For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> Side stories. Yeah, your That's when the cannibalism started. Side stories. Yes. Ooh, just came back from Mexico. Beautiful. You were in Tulum. I guess. I guess it was Tulum. I think it was also Playa del Carmen. I don't know. It's in an area. We didn't really leave the resort. I think that's probably the best thing that could that could happen to you. You want to, when you're anywhere outside of America, Henry, just stay in areas that you are protected by armed security. Where that you are protected true. by security guards because no. you start getting out there and you start doing your characters and next that's, thing you know you end up in a in a barrel somewhere rolling down a hill. That's where you live your life in fear every day and I live <laughs> my life in a celebration of magical extensions of myself. I actually uh-huh. we we would have seen we did we saw some ruins which is really cool. Nice. We saw this like this basically we went to Tulum where the the Mayans they lived like it was the rich people like section of the Mayan culture okay. right on the fucking beach and it was beautiful. Like you could see why they worship the sun mm-hmm. cuz it's so powerful. It's so powerful. I got this crazy ass sunburn. Mm-hmm. You could see every where I missed my swipes because I promise I'm covered with you. How much? How thick would you say is my body hair? Oh, it's I'm probably very thick. Cup with a two, about an inch and a half of body hair. Oh yeah. It is really really difficult to get the sunscreen past my hairs to my actual skin. I gotta rub it. I gotta rub it. I gotta rub it. I gotta rub. And I use well, two whole things of lotion. Throughout the entire week, and I'm doing Ugh. SPF 50, which is like I might as well literally be wearing a blanket. Yeah, no, it, as it, I'm outside. I think you were in the Polish Isle of CVS. That's the only place you can get uh, SPF 50. You can get that. You can also get noodles, and you can get uh, you know things that are overall going to end up killing you. Well, you get the, you in the Polish CVS. They have a full aisle just for sauerkraut, of course, and mustard that will Ooh. kill your grandmother. <laughs> but the I got so sunburned on my knees that I and now I'm peeling and I'm itching all night. I'm peeling and itching. I feel like a fucking junkie. But otherwise, so relaxed. That's good. Such a nice vacation. We went. We had so many tacos. Oh, um, right. I had so much tequila, man. Tequila's my new shit, dude. Well, I don't think it's your new. New shit. I'm pretty mm. sure it's the old shit. You've been mm. drinking tequila since I've known you, and I've known you for about 15 years. So, anyway, I'm happy that you have an idea that you're doing something new when you're drinking tequila, simply because you've switched over from vodka. But you were tequila two months before, but then you forgot you like tequila, and now you're back to tequila. I'm not a vodka guy. I never was. I like a bourbon, but I started doing more tequila because tequila 
It makes your pockets filled with motivation, if you know what I'm talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. This is Side Stories, everyone. I am Ben Kissel. I'm hanging out with Henry Zabrowski. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm happy... I'm sad, actually, that your knees are so sunburnt because I know you're you're look at him. You're a good Catholic boy. Oh yeah, I see it. It is well. It's you really still, can't see it. No, it's shockingly really white. It's actually maybe the whitest part it? of your body. But now it's like pee. Now I'm all peeling. I got all this like meat coming off me, and then I felt really weird because like my arms peeling. And when he was excited to see me, and I didn't really know what to do, so I picked her up, and I was just like, he was like, like like licking all over me. But then I watched as she started licking all the skin, like yeah. the weird skin parts come like peeling off of me. And is that giving her a taste for human flesh? I think by definition it has indeed. And most likely you're going to wake up without a leg one day. And hey, Wendy, and will- she can't. She gets scared if the snacks are too big. Well, which is true. If I bring her a treat and it's too big, she barks at it. <laughs> well, she's got a lot. She's got a lot to say. Um, all right. Well, we have a bunch going on here. Sorry you about do. the knees. I know you're a good Catholic boy. I guess you won't be praying anytime soon. <laughs> um, but that is <laughs> what it dick. is. All right. Sucking that dick. Well, speaking of disgusting things that happen to the human body, uh, there is really no one more disgusting than the person. We've covered on this show before, and we have, I don't know if it's necessarily sad news. Death is never easy. We've all mourned death. It's never easy. But sometimes you hear a tale that somebody died. You hear a story where somebody dies, and you're like, man, it almost feels like there is some justice in the world. I'm talking, of course, about the airline passenger who once demanded a restroom, a restroom assistant on an airplane. And also, she wasn't a restroom assistant. She was a stewardess. If this mm-hmm. story was about a restroom assistant, it would make a little bit more sense. No, it wouldn't. This, I know. I'm just saying a little bit more because this is just a stewardess who didn't go to poo-poo school. I don't know where they go when you have to work in a bathroom your whole life. Maybe no, there's a you don't. You. Go to poo poo school. There's no poo poo. I you. don't know. You literally just are the. You are. It's the the lastest job that's given to somebody. Or maybe it's the most trustworthy. Maybe it is the most trustworthy person uh, in the entire staff because you have to trust that they won't go like crawl it under the stalls. Maybe. Anyway, this dude made a stewardess wipe his butt while he was on a uh, deeper, a ti- deeper deeper. <laughs> he demanded she go deeper deeper on a Taiwanese air flight, and he has just died an overweight pass. He's an American. God bless the United States. These United States. Of course he's an American. You didn't even have to tell us that. We know. Well, if you look at him, he looks like technically a healthier version of George R.R. Martin with the same <laughs> attitude. I am, I am not – I do not believe that George R.R. Martin – I mean, he has not been accused of this crime, but – if I could find out that the unnamed pervert was George R.R. R. Martin, mm-hmm. like if he didn't die, I would not be surprised. Uh, but he apparently died of an unspecified illness, which I think was just called being a fat, angry piece of shit. Could be, but he died on vacation in Thailand. So this Ugh. dude just traveled around the world. He must have had money from God knows where. He wasn't sitting in first or business class. He was in uh, economy class, economy class. Um, but because he's... He, he was so big, he did get to poop 
in first class, which is interesting. He circumvented the entire system simply because he was so unhealthy. You, We've been in economy class before, Henry. Oh, yeah. You know you when you try to get up to the business class or first class bathroom? Sit down. They put the net up. They put the net they up. They put that net. They have that net between you and first class. So even if you make a run and yeah. start for first class, you get caught in the net like a big old butterfly, like those Velcro suit guys where you throw them against the wall and they get stuck. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it is on lockdown. It's like getting into Studio 54 is easier than getting into a first-class bathroom. But because this man was so disgusting, he was able to beat the system. So he died. He showed these foreign airliner companies. He showed them that just with a pure American ingenuity. You can make it to the top. American all you got to be is too fat to shit in a normal bathroom. Uh, That's all you got to do. All right. Well, he certainly did that. So an unnamed air flight attendant. Now, of course, she accused this passenger of sexual harassment after des- yes. um, describing how the man who claimed to have had surgery on his hand threatened to relieve himself on the floor of the plane if the all-female flight crew did not assist him in the restroom. This dude was 440 pounds. And this story, it's just so sad. So basically, the air crew originally refused to wipe his freaking fat ass because it's disgusting and that's not their job. But hey, his wiping hand was in repair. His wiping hand had to be, how much carpal tunnel did he have? I'm trying to bury, get the little kernels of, because, you know, for me, especially because I like the super thick. Toilet paper, so it's like you're getting wiped with a comforter. Sure. When you're trying to get that past your folds. Let's take some dexterosity. I think that's the term I think for a dexterous hand. It could be. But we saw the picture of his hands in the photo of him just sitting comfortably in his wheelchair. I don't think that he did have hand surgery. So. I'm pretty sure he didn't. So the main flight attendant, she was like, okay, I'm the manager of this ship. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. She put on three pairs of latex gloves and assisted him as he groaned for her to go deeper. Deeper. And then the first time she wiped... She, he said it wasn't good enough, mm-hmm. and he requested she did it again. I tell you what, if anybody knew that it wasn't good enough, it would have been him. I guess so. Also, dude, if I was talking to Brooke about this, you're just sitting, you're just going to be in the bathroom now for the rest of the flight, and because he, he wouldn't let them shut the door either, I would have jammed the door shut like I was getting onto a Japanese subway. I would have jammed him into the bathroom, locked the bathroom door, and be like, "This is where you hang out now. I'm not touching you." I really think you could maybe do because I, I don't know if they do this anymore, but I know back in the day. If you are a flight attendant, please tell us if this is true or not. I know that sometimes they have calm down medication. Like they have like things or if people are freaking out on a flight, you can give them not like Xanax, but like they, they can kind of dope you up. I don't know I if don't, this is old school or if just flight attendants have this to begin with. Like they're just loaded with Xanax because they have to work on four hour time windows oh, all the time. Yeah. So I wonder if if you could do a thing where you just grind up the, the pills into like a ginger ale or something. You just give it to him and you put him to sleep. And then you just roll them next to where the food would be once the food service is done. And you just shut the little curtain. 
And you just let him sit in there. I mean, maybe on like um, Mr. Fuji's airline. Of course, that's a famous wrestler who used to spray things out of his hand or out of his mouth. There was a bunch of wrestlers that used to use the spray. I think um, Papa Shango had a bit of a dust spray as well that it would uh, that would leave his opponent incapacitated, incapacitated. So that could work. But this is one of the most interesting things about all of this. The airline. This is the EVA Airways, which, by the way, they seem like they are. Number one in customer service. Can Honestly, I, just say that? that's not, I want to start flying them. Like, if you're willing to do this, then you definitely will bring me a third Sweetwater 420 if I want it. I think so. Yes, I think anything they'll bring you extra nuts. They'll bring you extra food, two dinners, whatever you want. Evidently, if they're willing to go this far, just imagine the small requests that the peasant people that Henry, like like Henry and myself, will make. All we want is just a little R E S P E C T. And they think they would give that to us. It did sound like you spelled respect. It sounded like you said R E F P E C T. Would you be fine? No. Okay. Oh my so. god. No, I would not do that. But anyway, the interesting thing about this, other than everything else, the EVA airlines are going to refund the cost of all of this dude's unused airfare to his family. Why are they being so nice to this man and his family? He was on the list forever not to fly. They still let him fly, and now they're going to give this to another generation of deeper and deeper people? If anybody out there can help figure out who the fuck this guy is, because I want to know, because it does sound like... I'm not going to put it. Thailand is going to be beautiful. In oh, Taiwan, yeah. I imagine it. Like I've heard all of go, like wonderful things, but traveling to these areas. But it seems to also be, unfortunately, well known for its sex tourism. So oh. I wonder if he had something to do with that. Uh, he, uh, someone who has that many miles, because we travel quite a bit. Yeah. But it's like I don't have that many miles. No, like we're not I, going to I, I have no. I don't go to the, to these foreign foreign countries. I wonder if it's got something to do with the job that he has. I wonder why they're sort of covering it up. Yeah. But I mean, I guess good night, sweet angel. And <laughs> at least you'll say a thing about him is that he did not go gently into that good good night no he definitely did not and dare i say not many people are mourning the loss of one of the worst airline passengers in the history of human flight um but nonetheless god must have needed someone uh to hang out in his weird god bathroom (laughs) and maybe this was like god is like i need someone to punish the angels give me deeper deeper guy i'm gonna have an angel on his butt duty we seem to have a leak in a pool here in heaven and the only thing that'll fix it is jamming in this 420-pound man's soul into the hole. Look at him just being like, yes, 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 excellent. What if, oh, I have an idea of about a nine-book series that I never complete. Oh. <laughs> and they just stick him in there and all the fucking water is just fucked. But then all the water kind of maybe would fully clean out of his asshole exactly. like a giant bidet. Isn't that the wonderful world of heaven? Absolutely. So there you go, deeper, deeper guy. You're gone. Hopefully uh, all airline stewardesses can breathe a sigh of relief that indeed he will never be on one of their flights. But isn't it the saddest thing in the world that we first covered that topic on the uh, day after of our friend Kevin's passing? It's strange. It was January 22nd that Kevin died. I didn't really. We needed a laugh, I guess. 
Yeah, yeah we did. Some people said we and, were a little insensitive the way we covered it, but I actually thought we needed to laugh. And sometimes in life, when you're when you're dealing with true actual death, like we are. I mean, obviously this guy is dead, but I'm just gonna say Kevin's death was a little <laughs> bit bigger of an issue so. for me personally. I think so too. Um, yeah, for me as well. Yes, but yeah, yes, yes. You gotta laugh. No, yeah, life. you gotta laugh. You gotta at laugh. this fucking piece of shit going down. I I think that this may have been the article I was sent the most. Oh, it absolutely. In was. terms of side stories, yeah. Between between this and uh, and the uh, Polish uh, uh, the Polish pirate that helped the Haitian Revolution uh, yes. for uh, the, during that time period of the 1800s, these group of Polish pirates hate them, and that caused the the then new president of Haiti to call uh, Poland the new white Negroes of Europe. Yes, I know what you have been <laughs> ranting and raving about. Anytime the Polish people are seen in a way in a in the light of persecution, anytime the Polish people are perceived to be victims of mass persecution, Henry will start tweeting and texting and just won't shut no. up about it. And I'm but just going to say, opposite. Henry, your people are fine. The Polish no, people are we, – we, we're always out in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. The Polish people are everywhere, and it no. looks to me like they are consuming a lot of booze and having a lot of fun. You're painting this in a different way. It is not about them being victims. It's not celebrating being victims. That's a story about Polish heroes that I, I aim to be so that mm. the people in the people in Warsaw can look up to and see, oh, a man of Zabrowski's stature can indeed make it in this world. Absolutely. And, of course, uh, what deeper, deeper guy did is horrible, and we hope the flight attendants are co- well compensated because uh, they deserve it after that horrible experience they had to go through. And there we I set. can guarantee you they are not. I, I, I think it's horrible. Live from your grave. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with Horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders... I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest. and. I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. And it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil. 
crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Hey! Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt, and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there, and it's going to thrive, and it's going to look real good. And I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. From your well, let's let's move on to another little tale here. Now, Henry mentioned the Polish people, so let's talk about pigs. This is a very inspiring story it that is. I'm really, really excited about. Scientists have discovered that they could keep pig brains alive 10 hours after death. Wow. And legitimately, the first reaction from a bioethicist was, holy shit. <laughs> really that's the exact same reaction we would have had yes, i don't know holy shit the bioethicist he, this man is theoretically or woman is theoretically a genius and their vocabulary is the exact same as two podcasters well it just shows that they were completely wrong they th- did believe that somewhere between 10 to 15 minutes after a mammal's brain is cut off from oxygen that organ is supposed to die Right, mm-hmm. the, the cells of the brain, they starve. Some of the cells burst open while the chemistry of others become so imbalanced that their membranes break down. And the whole point is that you end up dead permanently. Right. But this new study that was, per- that was published in the journal Nature Ooh. is saying that they, they figured out a weird loophole. It reads like an so they say here, it reads like an adaptation of Mary Shelley, but it's, it's a little bit less 
dramatic. Well, yeah, I mean, Frankenstein. Frank, yeah, Frankenstein's monster. It wasn't like Doctor Frankenstein was just reanimating a pig brain and be like, and now the kids are scared. Yes, it's yeah. a, because I don't think the pig brain would like go up to the young girl near the lake and be like, boo, because it's a brain. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> yeah. It would be scary to be in the same room as it. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Just for him to going like, holy shit, where they're all like, and it's just a vat of brain just bubbling. I mean, yeah, um, this is real life reanimator, which of course, a reanimator is one of the greatest uh, 1980s sort of splash horror movies or what? what is, it's a like, like a splash gore kind of I'd horror say, film. Yeah, it's a, what what we learned from Joe Bob, and it's an exploitation yes. film, and you should check it out. Honestly, he covers it really well in his Shutter series uh, at the drive-in. Okay, Came, and every Friday night, it's so much fun to watch his show on Shutter. Have you been doing it I, at all? I have indeed. Yes, love it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so the researchers took thirty-two brains from pigs slaughtered for food, and they waited four hours. Okay, so that must have been fun. <laughs> they were just hanging around, just staring at brains all day long. Yeah, what do you do? You eat a bologna sandwich? What do you do? I huh. guess so. Yeah. Uh, huh. Then they hooked them up for six hours okay. to a system called BrainX, which <laughs> pumped these brains filled with oxygen, nutrients, and protective chemicals. At the end of the ten hours, scientists found that the tissue of the pig brains was largely intact hmm. compared to controls. Now, individual brain cells were up and running, performing their basic duties of taking up oxygen and producing carbon dioxide. Now, to be clear... These things are not communicating. The brains, the neurons, they were not communicating, so there's no consciousness. But the cells, they're alive. The the cells were alive. So the brains weren't like, hey, 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 brain, how are you? How was your hell journey? Oh, it was pretty good. I had a nice time in hell. Good to be back on the slab, though. It'd be kind of interesting if pigs could go to hell. I don't know where pigs go when they die other than inside of our bellies, most likely. My belly! I had pork chops last night. Mm -hmm. But it is, uh, basically, it's uh, it's one of those things that shows that we know absolutely nothing. Absolutely. uh, They thought, pretty damn certain, that the uh, brains just die. And they mm-hmm. don't come back, and you can't regenerate them. Right. And so now it shows that you can, but it uses this weird-ass machine, this BrainX system that uh, right. I guess was developed under uh, – this was like one of those. The BrainX system comes out of the National Institute of Health's Brain Initiative, mm. a.k.a. the Brain Research through advanced innovative neurotechnologies. This is part of President Barack Obama's moonshot project to map the human brain and create new tools to study it, which I am obsessed with. Because to me, this is how I'll live like Krang after. Well, that is exactly what I was thinking about. This is how you make a supervillain. Why do they always do... Why do they name these things like it was written by like Marvel or DC? Brain X is such a ominous name for exactly what this um machine does brain x sounds like something that batman is gonna have to like come and destroy brain x headquarters or spider-man because they have nefarious ends in mind you and i think completely opposite sometimes because i look at that as a cool name it's for cool for for a comic book, Henry, but this is but the real the, world. But guess what, man? It's the, the chicken and the egg exists for a reason. I believe a part of the reason why we're in the scenario that we are in is because thirty-year-olds that are destroying our society right now, which is our generation, which is just destroying society. A part of what they're doing is making the nineteen eighties real. They're making the dystopian things we used to watch. We're making them real. But well, have they seen anything from there? Have they seen Reanimator or Escape from New York? Have they seen what the 
the future looks like. And I hate to break this to everyone. There is going to be no hero named Snake coming to save the world. It's not going to happen. Jeff Bezos you are is living gonna, Jeff Bezos your life is just going to be a supervillain. You're living your life in fear. You're living your life in fear. A part of what you have to understand is that with the adventation of these kinds of technologies, with all of this advancing and all this kind of stuff, there will be good and there will be bad. It is just what fate is. It is what we are destined to do. No, I understand that. We're destined to either reach the stars Uh by separating our consciousness from our physical bodies and move in nanomachines up throughout the entire universe, or... We're meant to die like a bunch of starving monkeys on this rocks, choked by our own waste. Well, it is possible that that could happen. I understand there's going to be good and bad that can come from it, but the bad does almost seem to outweigh the good in some ways. I just watched more Boston Dynamic videos last night, and now they're teaching their little robot. I know this is not this is not a robot You're still thing. Obsessed with I this. know the robot thing is not happening in this story until they put this brain. Inside of a robot, which, by the way, apparently Cornell University is like making living, breathing, DNA-based um, automate, uh, automated machines. It's all coming together here, and this no. is this is where it starts. But you're over, you're out talking. You're just yelling at me. Y'all heard me speak. <laughs> all right. And a part of this is that is, is these robots eventually are the way we connect our physical bodies, our meat. To technology. It is what's going to allow us to survive. Without uh. this step, we will not survive because we, so far, are not doing a great job. We're fine. Everyone, we're I just fine. Read, I read an article. But we're not great. I read an There's article. a difference no. between fine and great. Oftentimes, when people want to feel great all the time, you know what they end up doing? Crystal methamphetamine until they die. Because no, the problem chasing, is that they only. They only feel great for a little bit. That's how crystal meth works, too. Crystal meth doesn't even make you feel that great. It makes you feel confident. I'm just going to say this. You know, this whole chasing of like, oh, I need to feel great. You know what's nice? Fine is nice. Fine is perfect. When everyone says, oh, I'm just fine, that means everything is fine. And Shooting fine yourself is in the foot, fine is always a lie. Fine means I can't tell you my problem. Because normally <laughs> I would say, I, I'm like, I'm good. If I say I'm fine, that means I just got done screaming. And now I am in a grocery store. And now you're fine. So there you go. I'm not fine. I, I am bottled know. up. Well, anyway, just I want to... Uh, give an interesting quote here regarding pig brains once again this is from nita farahadi she says of the experiment quote it was mind-blowing kind of punny on accident kind of punny on accident it was mind-blowing she goes on to say uh she's a um she uh, she studies ethics of emerging technologies at Duke Law School. She goes on to say, my initial reaction was pretty shocked. It's a groundbreaking discovery, but it also really fundamentally changes a lot of what the existing beliefs are in neuroscience about the irreversible loss of brain function once there is a deprivation of oxygen. We just to the brain, don't know so. how anything works. Yeah. So here, I'm just going to look at this machine. It's a crazy looking thing. Okay. I don't even know what it is. So it is a brain chamber, right? So four hours after their slaughter, the pig brains were attached to the brain next to the device via the carotid arteries. You could think of the device as something like an artificial heart. It pumps a perfusate, a synthetic blood that Ooh. delivers oxygen and nutrients throughout the brain via the pig's own arteries. Ooh. <laughs> That's interesting. Interesting. The, per- the perfusate also contains chemicals that stop the oxidation, i.e., I- I- breakdown of body tissue, and stop apoptosis, which is cells bursting after death. 
which also contains a neural activity blocker, with the which purpose of which is twofold. One is to halt excitotoxicity. Excitotoxicity, a process by which neurons become damaged when they are left turned on, creating mm. a chemical imbalance also leading to cell death. The other was to make sure that the brain didn't wake up and regain any level of consciousness. <laughs> yeah. This is cool. If any consciousness was detected via EEG, the researchers said they would have to shut down the experiment immediately. Shut oh, it. that's fucking sweet. I mean, honestly, they are, they are very concerned about literally having to scream, it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! They just don't want to scream that, or if they do scream that, they have to shut down everything. It really is a, uh, I know Mary Shelley was used as a, as a uh, sort of a analogy before or reference before, but it does seem something that is... A little bit out of, you know, uh, Frankenstein and the lore that that it belongs to. But they say right here is that apparently when they cleaned all the shit out, they looked at it again and they're like, honestly, they believe that they could get them communicating again. That there's no reason they would not stop communicating if you left the brain plugged into the machine. So they would communicate through this machine. They would. So the I don't know. Interesting. Well, well, we have to figure out what communication is. We have to figure out how do you connect all of those neurons into a, a thing that can live. Because I'll spend a good year or two in a jar and me just going like, fuck you, Kissel, fuck you, Kissel, <laughs> like from like a little speaker in a machine. That could be fun as shit. Well, that could be a good podcast. Uh, so obviously <laughs> there are some good things that can come from this. I'm being a little bit hyperbolic. But uh, some of the good things is if people are brain dead. This is a quote here uh, regarding uh, the attempts to resuscitate people uh, who are declared brain dead. They say, quote, it could become harder for physicians or family members to be convinced that further medical intervention is futile. So if it saves some lives, I think that would be wonderful. But uh, it is it is an interesting thing. I think it's very cool. It is very cool, Henry. I give you that. But I will also grant you, we, I do believe philosophically that we should die, that there should be an end point. We are, because if you just look at the numbers of, of bodies on this planet, it does need to, to dwell, dwindle. Like it does need to fucking stop at some point because we, you know, where are we going to put these people? Where where are these humans going to go? Like if all these people are living forever, where can they go? Which is why I would volunteer. You take my brain in a jar. You send me to Mars. We start doing the the mass uh, exodus over mm-hmm. to Mars, and we start bioengineering Mars, which they think they might be able to do with the water that's left on Mars, right. all that weird frozen water. And, you know, we start a new civilization there where I won't be a persona non grata because I'm a tubey, which is, I imagine, the new racism <laughs> that will start. I think test tube kids, they, they already exist, and I do think they deal with some blowback, which is not right. Whether but what born if you in live a tube, in a test tube? I would what say, if you do well, live in a beaker? I just want to say whether born in a tube or born in a womb, you have rights, and no one, <laughs> no one should be rude to you. But I am interested. It is funny to me that you would think that they would want to seed Mars with Polish brains such as yourself. Do you really think if we go to Mars, and we are, I mean, we'll, we'll, we're seeding it already. We're, we're putting human beings up there. Do you think you're going to be on the list if, of, 
even the one person, like, who is taking you? What administration would have to take office to be like, we need that Zabrowski DNA, not just here on Earth. It's selfish for us to keep the genius genomes that are confined in the body of the Zabrowski. We better send him to Mars. Space needs comedians. (laughs) And we will, they will need some of us. They will need some of us. You can't, you can't fit in a shuttle. No, I you look at that, honestly, it's perfect for me to go as a brain because I don't have to deal with the physical discomforts of space travel. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of physical discomforts. It's not going to be fun. Like you, yes, you were bound to this rock because of your, your size I don't particularly, and your clots. I don't even like to fly in planes to go to another place on this earth. So yeah, I don't so particularly want to go to Mars. Me. I can't wait to encamp my brain. I can't wait for my brain to shoot off of me like a shuttle and be moved towards mm. the skies. You need people with big big ideas. And yes, some ideas are not great, but I have a lot of them. <laughs> and sometimes it really is about quantity over quality, no matter what all of the geniuses that have created everything great in this world have to say. Well, honestly, you go to any supermarket in America, and I think quantity over quality is uh, the going narrative and theme there. Um, also in space, I just read an, an interesting article on Mark Kelly. He's an astronaut who has a twin brother who was not in space. Well, he was mm-hmm. in space. And they say his body aged slower when in space, but then when he came back to Earth, it uh, it accelerated the aging almost to catch up with his twin brother, which is kind of interesting. So you would live longer, I think, in space. I does it does sound like one of those experiments that reminds you that NASA was created by Nazis. <laughs> it's like one of those where they use humans as their guinea pigs. Just a little every once in a while oh, you, yeah. you're like, oh yeah, I forgot. Like you guys did a really good job, a good job of making me forget that we went to the moon with Nazi rockets. But yeah. every once in a while you're correct. Absolutely. Uh, um, all right. So it's possible we live in a, in a world like Lawnmower Man in the very near future, or uh, like the aforementioned Reanimator. Okay. But also imagine that me eating. Pussy with a disembodied head. I like don't want to. No, that oh. is disgusting. I don't want to imagine that. Keeping them, keeping my wife happy. All right. Live from your grave. Ah, Jules. Oh, Jules. Make a wife smile today. The road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines, or it can be short and thrilling, like a roller coaster on the way to the police department. But the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path every time. All you've got to do is head over to BlueNile.com and they're going to ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers. On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine. At a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler, Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace, the first thing she did was, what did you do? But afterwards, she was so happy to have it, and she loved it, and she wore it when we went on vacation. And Maron, did everybody come around being like, Where'd you get that piece, you beautiful woman? And I was like, stop talking to my wife. She's spoken for. You can see it with the Blue Nile. Bling, she's got on her. Right now, get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. That's $50 off with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. How many platforms do I work on? So many platforms. Can you believe it? Google Docs. Work on that. 
Very complicated. Lots of different things going out. Clickety-clack, right? Slack. Saying things to my employees. All of my, all my, my main doldgers walking around here. It makes sure it changes cluck to the word I meant for it to say to everyone. But I try to say not curse words on Slack. What am I supposed to do about it? But Grammarly doesn't fix curse words, does it? Because Grammarly's too good for it. It's too classy. It's Grammarly is an AI writing partner that helps you get work done faster with high quality writing. Because better writing means a stronger impact. The pen is mightier than the sword. Except when the sword is in the room. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing and suggestions based on your audience goals and context. Can you believe it? And data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly. It's in its goods. All right. So Grammarly's great. Use it. I use it. I love its gentle harassment of my writing style because it does help me because sometimes my thumbs are faster than my eyeballs. Don't quote me on that. Get AI writing support that works where you work. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. From your grave. So I want to cover this real quick. Yes. A sentence finally came down on David and Louise Turpin, who imprisoned their 13 children for years or decades. Uh, on January 14th, 2018, one of the children escaped and contacted police who, upon entering the home, found some of the children in a dark, foul-smelling room. The siblings ranged in age from 2 to 29, with seven of the 13 children being legal adults at the time of their parents' arrest in January 2018. Now, this... This topic got a lot of attention when it first hit the news in January of 2018 because, namely, you've got David Allen Turpin's beautiful bowl cut. Mm, Which seemed to capture America. It really did. I mean, it seems like, obviously, we have 13 children here, violently, physically, emotionally abused by these two horrendous parents. We're going to talk a little bit about what religious philosophy they held as to why they... uh, basically incarcerated and tortured their 13-year-old kids. But you're right, Henry. It seemed to me like most of the attention on social media was the man's hairstyle. How bad does your haircut have to be to have that be the lead? And then secondary is the 13 counts of massive, massive uh, child abuse. 
All I know is that he does look quite a bit like Jeff Daniels' character from Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> which does. I know I can see why. Like I can okay. see why people are into it. And, but it was also it was the optics of it. What they were just so just a long story short. First thing out, they have we were sentenced a couple of days ago uh, to twenty five years to life yeah, in California, good. which is the equivalent of uh, first degree murder. So mm-hmm. they were they, for destroying these people's lives. When some of these kids are now kind of out and they're doing, but th- go through a little bit of the details of what they did. Um, the 13 starving siblings were held captive in a California house. They hardly ever saw the sun mm. and were allowed to eat only one rationed meal a day and shower once a year. Uh, they were allegedly beaten, choked, and shackled to their beds mm. with no access to a bathroom for months at a time for supposed offenses like playing with water, which is what they were punished with when they washed anything below the wrists of their hands. Mm. Their parents would buy toys. The prosecutor said, but not let them play with them, literally house them all over the house, still within their packaging. They would also cook delicious foods like pies and lasagna Mm. and all this stuff and leave it out for them to smell like it's some horrible mix-up of Garfield and 8mm. It really is horrifying. So one of the daughters said... Uh, this is what she had to say, and I, bur- for, you know me, I'm like, okay, we need criminal justice reform. I think over sentencing is a real thing. In this case, 25 to life. They're 57 and 50 years old. The parents, I think that's just just fine. They don't necessarily need to see anymore. Uh, they don't need to be on the streets after what they've did. So uh, to these kids. So one of the daughters said, "My parents took my whole life for me, but now I'm taking my life back." She says, "I'm a fighter and I'm strong." A son told the Riverside Court, "I cannot describe in words, but." We went through growing up. Sometimes I still have nightmares of the things that happened, such as my siblings being chained up or getting beaten. These people are true, true monsters, and I am extremely happy they were uh, finally caught. But what? It took 20 freaking years of this amount of child abuse before anyone noticed something's kind of wrong in the Turpin house. It's very interesting. Perpetrators David Allen Turpin and Louise Ann Turpin, they were born, when they got married, David was 23 and Louise was 16. They started dating when David was 20 and she was 13 years old. They couple, they eloped, which got a, the, her father, Louise's father was a church pastor, got him super, super upset, and they ran to Texas and mm. immediately started having children. Now, apparently it turned out that Louise was a victim of sexual assault from a member of the family. They believe that it was by their grandfather. Uh, and that they, it was a weird, f- detailed version of uh, the grandfather was obsessed with witchcraft, satanic rituals, all this kind of stuff. They blame satanic rituals on child molestation. We don't like having sex with children. We like just having sex with big dicked men and big, b- beautiful women. Um, grown women. Okay, well, the way that you, the, no one asked you if you didn't. It makes me mad. Okay. So so they basically moved to Fort Worth, Texas, and they started having children. And somewhere within this time period, they started, I mean, just mass producing kids and keeping them inside the house. It seems to be some weird sort of twisted version of love between David and Louise and the idea of protecting these kids, which seems to not have something to do with a, a movement called the Quiverful Movement that they sort of discovered within a period of time of spiritual uh, exploration that they went on to find a religion that fit them. Because they were a part of this, a very low-level version of Christianity, uh, but then they 
went very, very severe when okay. they broke off from their own family. So let's let's get into this a little bit, this quiverful movement. Just before we do that, just finally here regarding the court proceedings, Louise Turpin, this is her statement that she read in court. I'm sorry for everything I've done to hurt my children. I love my children so much. I only want the best for them. Their happiness is very important to me. <clears throat> Bullshit. Bullshit. B- Bullshit. Yeah, okay. Well, it doesn't really seem like that's the case. And then David Turpin, he read a, his sentence read partially, my homeschooling and discipline had good intentions. I'm sorry if I've done anything to cause them harm. Are you kidding me? Really? Well, it comes from what seems to be a mentality between this world of what's called quiverful Christianity, which quiverful means literally like a quiver filled with arrows, is a movement of very conservative Christian couples. Uh, It's also called providentialism. Okay. Where essentially the idea is to fuck and have many kids as humanly possible. That is one of the the ideas that they believe that uh, the concept of go forth and multiply was supposed to be taken literally, Mm. and you're supposed to create as many disciples of God as you can within your own family. Now, this is just, that is a section of it. Now, we don't really know what specific branch of this type of conservative Christianity that they followed. Mm. But one good example is this is a group called the Institute in Basic Life Principles that it was run by a guy by name Bill Gothard that is a uh, it's an insidious group mm. that sort of creates this concept of true patriarchy. They also run a they have all these shell companies. Like one is called the ATI, which is the I believe the Advanced Training Institute, which was a a homeschooling section because all of the Turpin family was obviously homeschooled. The more and uh-huh. more they were homebound, the less less society that they saw and they uh they had become I believe it was called the Sunny Dune School. I forget the name. But what he would do is like the, the Advanced Training Institute was supposed to ha- teach parents and kids how to homeschool themselves under the actual teachings and belief systems of Bill Gothard, which is this co- umbrella system, which is it came f- as a reaction to the uh, hippie movement in the 1960s, where Bill Gothard, mm. this fundamentalist Christian, basically said, the problem is that our children have lost all respect for authority. So we have to re- teach an entire generation how to respect authority by creating a hierarchy within our home, which is God is the ultimate umbrella. The thing that is just below God is the dad, and just below that is the mom, and just below that are the children. And that the father needs to be viewed as a representative of God in this world. And But Mm. of course what happens when Bill Gothard is daddy of the entire institute, daddy gets first lick at every single virgin that comes in. And that's his first question of every single ch- child that's brought into, every woman that's brought into the ATI, which is also he started a very short-lived boarding school where he would bring children in to teach them 24-7 these various teachings. And the yeah. first question would be is, are you a virgin? It honestly sounds like that horror film that I watched recently, which I highly recommend, Level 16. Little under the radar, but r- great movie. So this <laughs> that is, is a, a really good that's really, really good, good right? Movie. So this is an offshoot of evangelical Christians, uh, the Christianity that really grew, as Henry was talking about, as sort of a protest to the 70s, the 60s, and the 80s. As a matter of fact, there's a book that I, this may have been in my house growing up. It's called The Way Home, uh, yes. Beyond Feminism, Back to Reality, written by Mary Pride. 
And obviously, she is on the forefront of this quiverful movement. And as Henry mentioned, obviously, the quiver, it's usually filled with arrows. But in this case, those quivers are babies. But they're arrows for Christ, right? Because yeah. the idea is that each one of them is supposed to issue forth the message of God. So in her book, Pride Chronicled, her metaphorical journey away from what she labeled feminist and anti-natal ideas of happiness within she had lived as an activist before conversion and conservative evangelical Christianity. Now, because she was a former evangelical Christian, that's why I don't like extremists. Uh, like the extremist mind can be manipulated to have a different philosophy. Like when you lose a friend to evangelicalism, it's usually the friend that was most like, let's party and do nonstop drugs. And then they're like, <laughs> let's not party and do nonstop praying. Is it super cool? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I got it. Both sides of you are horrible. Um, so it really is fascinating. And that's what these philosophical beliefs lead to. 13 children being violently and physically abused for 20 years well, uh, because they bought, they got bought, uh, in, they bought into this quiverful society. Obviously, this is also a mainstream idea if you look at the reality television show The Duggars. That is yes. a, that, so they, this isn't that outside the realm no. of like mainstream thinking. And the Duggars are active members of oh, the yeah. Church of Bill Gothard. So they are they met with him. They are they are hand taught. I would say, honestly, do your own research and research a little bit about the Institute mm-hmm. uh, in basic life principles. And you can see all these worksheets. There's all these various PDFs of the way they teach it, the way they break it down, the way they, they sort of slowly but surely twist the personalities mm. of children to believe in this concept of pure authority and make it so that you are an automaton mm. within your own family. Uh, but some of the details of just the Turpin case are very interesting. Obviously, there's they haven't been all... Uh, a lot of it has not been released because due to the respect for the victims, nobody wants yeah. to talk about a lot of exactly what Oof. happened. But Louise Turpin's sister came to visit them for a short period of time. She said, like, basically, when they had moved to Fort Worth, they went to Fort Worth, they stayed there for 10 years until they they basically stopped paying their bills, they ransacked the house. When people came to go, when they went, when they finally moved to California, where they ended up being arrested, they the place was covered in human shit. Mm. D- uh, d- uh, whole fucking, uh, they found that beds with fucking ropes attached to them. They found doors to the children's, obviously the children's room that had scratches, Jesus. like, on the inside of the wood. And so when she, but before that, she went to go say when they were a new mom and she said that she was subject. She was a full grown woman because she had missed her sister. She had missed being around her because Luis and David had sort of completely rejected normal society. Right. And she's like, they wouldn't let her use the phone. She wasn't allowed to have guests coming in, which she's like, okay, all right, this is kind of conservative, whatever. But they started doing this thing that every single time she took mm. a shower, David and Luis would come into the bathroom. They would open it using a screwdriver. They would open it if it was locked. And they would stand, and she would have to come out of the shower, and they'd have to watch her dry herself. And anyway, she, and she'd try to say, no one ever fucked me. No one ever, they never touched me, but they'd watch me. Because it was all of this weird what? shit. David also Jeez. believes there was one thing they said that David Turpin did one belief that they said the reason why he tied up the kids was because he would keep them in a room to make sure he would not abuse them because apparently there might have been abuse of at least one of the daughters. Oh, I but, would think so. I bet you the sexual abuse was rampant in that house. I uh, the details will probably come out in a in a book, I'm assuming and maybe I'm we assuming could, 
we could cover that at some point on last podcast. I don't know. It's just such a disgusting, sad story. These people are, they really are just nasty, nasty. Some of the nastiest people we've covered, honestly. This stuff is, it is but a, a, the thing that also captured people's imaginations were these vacation pictures of oh, David right, and right. Luis with all 15 of the kids and the Dr. Seuss, like, thing, yeah. 1 through 15 shirts, right. and them getting their, uh, watching their, you could see their vows get renewed. They did it three times in Ugh. Vegas where they take all the kids out, but they, there's a really good 2020 about the Turpin case that I watched that was very thorough, but if you want to watch those Vegas the wedding chapel videos they're they're pretty haunting when now you think about oh. what was within their world yeah. the the turpin children they've been planning an escape for fucking 2 years so finally one of them broke out they had taken an uh what's one of those disconnected cell phones mm-hmm. they had they had scurried it away and Kyle dialed 911 to go and basically say my sisters are being abused and started like basically dumping all of this stuff on a 911 operator being like, my sisters are chained up. I am uh, frequently abused. We're not allowed to eat. We're not allowed to wash. And so the cops came, luckily, came really quickly and dumped the whole place and, and broke them all out. All right. Well, a hero. Those officers were heroes. And thank God those kids are out. And it's going to take a lot of therapy for them to get better. Wherever they are, they're probably in the foster care system. I hope they're being well taken care of. Well, they that say five are in college. Five are in college. Ooh. A couple of them are in assisted living homes because yeah. they said they, they were in such a case of malnourishment that the, uh, the, the some of the kids, they said the one of them, the eldest 29-year-old 29 year, 29 woman, mm. she weighed 82 pounds. Ugh. And the 17-year-old, like, if you listen to that 911 call, I didn't isolate it because it's in the middle of that 2020 report. Yeah. If you listen to that 911 call... She sounds like she's fucking 10 years old. Wow. Because they said that they were so unschooled. They had no clues. They didn't know what a police officer was. That's incredible. That's incredibly sad. All right. Well, that's the Turpin case. At least a little bit. That's a little toe in. That's just a little bit of it. Um, At least some justice was served in that case when it comes to the 25 uh, years to life in prison. Uh, for uh, those the worst parents ever, perhaps, they're definitely on the list. Um, all right, well, speaking of horrible people, I just want to talk a little bit about this story. Just be- There's one element to this story that I think is funny. So George Zimmerman, we all know him. He's the monster uh, who murdered Trayvon Martin, got off because Florida is, as always, Florida. But... George Zimmerman, he's trying to go on with his life, despite the fact he also pulled a weapon on his other girlfriend. On oh, yeah, no, he's, he a, he's a rage. troubled individual. I <laughs> yeah, think that's one way to total jackass. Anyway, he was recently banned from the Tinder dating app. The ex-neighborhood watch volunteer, by the way, not ex-neighborhood watch, that's in the article here. He's just a total, and he's like a stalker of, uh, of neighbors. He is upset because he has been kicked off of Tinder. Now, evidently, Zimmerman used a fake name. So the only thing I want to talk about what? here is he, he literally, used a fake so, name. But you, so you Henry. show up as George Zimmerman. Right. You show up on the date. Being like, hey, recognize me? <laughs> well, you know, I'm a bit of a celebrity. And then you just like, what, do you just run away? You're not Barry Northrup? You said you were Barry Northrup. Are you... <laughs> George Zimmerman, what is the point of lying about your name on a Tinder app? At some point, theoretically, you would have to meet up with this person in real life. It's like when, and I love uh, adult uh, actors and actresses, sex workers are great, but it is always really funny when they use a fake name um, in many ways because it is also like, I don't know, 
there's other ways to identify human beings. The name is honestly the thing that I remember the least. Uh, the face, I remember quite well. And in the case of adult entertainers, uh, there might be some other things that strike a, you know, I, a, a little memory there, too. But um, I love a fake name. I love uh, no, I a do, fake name. But in that, and of course, in that case, it's absolutely fine and, and, and wonderful. But at the same time, if you're George Zimmerman, Using a fake name, that is, he needs to go, he needs to have, like, plastic surgery like the movie Face Off. He needs to just become John Travolta, and then maybe he can start dating at some point. But I'm assuming he'll drop some really bizarre white nationalist rhetoric on you at one point, and oh, then yeah. you will be like, wait, are you George Zimmerman? Wait a second. I recognize those talking points. <laughs> I think that he is, uh, I think he should be in jail. Uh, yeah, for a series of things. I don't think he should be dating. I won't. I'm not going to say he's not going to find love, though. I don't know. There is a lid for every fucking pot. I could see him and Casey Uh, Anthony getting together. I could see him and a Tanya Harding getting together. Because DiCaprio once explained that to me. That was one of the things he did say at some point when we were the, the very brief moment in my life. I got to be near him where he said that um, he's like, I can't date normal people. He's like, I just can't date. We got nothing to talk about. If you're not super famous, you could, it's going to be very difficult for us to have anything to connect on because my life is this kind of it's this very kind of closed up life. And I need people to understand where I'm coming from, where I imagine George Zimmerman, you, you would need to find somebody else that just barely didn't go to Honestly, prison for fucking first degree murder. First degree murder. Zimmerman and Anthony. I could see the Zimmerman Anthony wedding. Uh, that is possible. Although we have to remember Casey Anthony, uh, she is she is hashtag brave because she had her RGB shirt on, so wow. she might be a little bit left. And I don't know wow. if her and George Zimmerman could really get together and see eye to eye on political differences. Although now that I think about it, Casey Anthony representing the more liberal mindset, George Zimmerman the more conservative, needs to be a show on CNN immediately because that will get their ratings up and they can finally be uh, seen as a viable network again. Two steps forwards and two steps back. <laughs> they come together because I both it's attracting, you know. And you can see that it's video the with them. Where- <laughs> the Casey Anthony George Zimmerman show. And it'll be in front of a live audience. they will be like, let's go. go! And they have like they do this thing at the very end for a big applause break where they both get into nooses and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, like it's nooses. Oh my god! Uh, Honestly, the way that this world is going, I would not be surprised if Zimmerman and Casey Anthony do somehow create a project uh, that will make them more money. Of course, we haven't, you know, to follow up on the hustler thing regarding Casey Anthony and going back to a. Well, I don't even want to put her in with sex workers. They're much better than she is. She is not a uh, sex worker. No, but she did. She has yet to say yes to the 500k uh, presented to her by Hustler for uh, obviously a nude photo spread. She hasn't said yes yet. I'm wondering what's taking her so long. What's going on? She's in the news more regularly now every day. I bet you these these contracts take a little bit to carve out. I imagine you have to talk about being like whether or not you're going to be exclusive to Hustler, um, how much P do you have to provide, because that's what's difficult. It's like, are you one of those? Are you P shy? Or can you P like right on fucking contact? Because Hustler, you need to have that secret talent. Well, Hustler, Hustler you can perfectly bathe your ankles. You know, you've seen this. I don't know if it's photoshopped, so I'm not certain. But the way they get the little splash of pee, uh huh, that's so I, delicate. It's it's delicate stuff to say. The you ever least. said a really nice gelato? 
Uh huh. Of course, it's yeah. like that. Yeah, just like that. So we'll Little see. Splashes. Either way, if you are on Tinder, uh, don't be afraid. I mean, other than the fact that of, of anyone that you meet on Tinder, I've never done it, but uh, that's kind of horrifying. But George Zimmerman, You've never no done longer, Tinder. I've never done any dating app at all. Like the only one I, ever. No, I never did it. I don't know I how did to it use the one time. I don't know. Technology is weird, man. Although I will say this, Henry. You cannot trust people on Tinder. I will say no, it. You like, I, it is difficult. You are putting them in your life. You really need to vet these people. Uh, but it's, yeah, no, Tinder is uh, kind of a whirlwind. It's a very interesting experience. We have to get to our, yeah. So that wrap, that wraps up the George Zimmerman portion been, of the also, show. Also, this has been years ago for me. Years ago, I know with Tinder, I know, I know. You're not, you're not incriminating yourself here. Um, but speaking of apps, just really quickly, Henry, this is a Ben Kissel recommendation to you. Mm-hmm. Download the Citizen app. It shows. I already got it. You got it. I already fucking Citizen got it. app is the greatest app ever. For those out there, it alerts you of all the police calls. I don't even know how they get this information, but because they post it, because you you can join as a member and you can post uh, things that are near you if you want to, and oh. that's that's how it works. Was well, because Natalie won't let me get a police scanner. No, this is better than a police scanner. It's better. I want a police scanner. I know, but the Citizen app. If you're if you're listening and you want to know, for example. I just clicked on it 38 minutes ago. You know what happened? A bathroom fire. Firefighters have declared the fire is under control. Uh, firefighters are on the scene of confirmed fire in the bathroom. Firefighters believe they can bring the fire under control with current resources on the scene. Anyway, there's a bathroom fire on 141st Avenue. Henry, if I, if we would have gotten this 38 minutes ago, we could have hopped in a car and we would we could have gone with all of our Poland Spring water bottles and put that fire out. Next thing you know, we're heroes. All I know is I got one here for man exposing himself. Oh, that's a good See? go. Go clothe him. Go put. And that's just on. an Instagram. Uh, influencer in Los Angeles, though. That's the difference. <laughs> that it's this man exposing himself, and then you show up, and it's just guy handing out his fucking mixtape, and like with behind like, those big angel wings painted on a wall that he's taking pictures in front of. Absolutely. So the Citizen app, it's it's interesting. And we are, that is not a paid advertisement. They paid us fucking nothing. 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 No, we don't know how to make money. That's <laughs> no. That's one don't. of our problems. We just get that. It's our fucking problem. Um, all right. Well, let's do the hero of the week, shall we? Recordings of number stations. I love listening to them. And it is it can be. So the hero of the week. This one goes out. It's a sad tale indeed. A comedian has passed away on stage in Bicester, or I think it's Bicester. Is it Bicester? Bicester. 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 So Ian Cognito has passed away. He was a 60-year-old comedian. Uh, He sat down on a stool while breathing heavily before falling silent for five minutes during his show on Thursday. Uh, but people were freaking out. They were laughing. They thought it was a part of the bit. Yes, they thought it was part of the bit, and he was he passed away. Um, they say he was one of the best. He, he was a proper comedian. He was a comedian's comedian, and it sounds like he was one of those dudes who lived hard, played hard, and his humor was, it was sort of British Sam Kinison-esque, I guess. Yeah. He was a little, like, brash. Obviously not exactly like Sam Kinison. I don't think that that material really translates to 2019. No. Um, but, you, go, to the the, <laughs> go to the fucking sand! Go to the food! Go to the fucking food! <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Um, but Ian Cognito is is this week's hero of the week. Uh, died, you know, honestly, it's sad. He was 60 years old. So as far as comedians go, we're not quite as bad as professional wrestlers when it comes to early death. But at the same time, we're in the wheelhouse. I'll also say, man, that's the way to go. Yeah. That's really the way to go. We are, like, dying on stage, man. I totally get it. Dying to a sea of applause and laughter. I I am all about it. That, well, the, I, I, that's up there between dying on, on top of my wife with the fucking the, the tequila flute in one hand and a sack of progress in the other hand. Well, that doesn't sound like your wife would be very satisfied there. But, well, um, it is. Uh, it, it's interesting, though. What do you think? Honestly, you're on stage. We've been on stage all over the world. All of a sudden... You're 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 dying, and everyone is just la- like cannot stop laughing, uncontrollable laughter, and you are dying. Does that make you feel good, or is that the ultimate irony? Where you finally, it's almost like Jordan Peele's The New Twilight Zone with yes. the comedian episode. Is that the ultimate irony where you finally get a huge laugh, but it's at the expense of your very life? Nah, buddy. I think that it's just it's the it's good energy. To shoot you into the fucking cosmos, dude. Yeah. Like, you gotta be, you gotta lean in. And that's why it's just like, you save one last big old fart. (laughs) (laughs) Well, perhaps Ian Cognito is in heaven now, roasting uh, the worst airline passenger of all time, Deeper Deeper Guy. And maybe that's, maybe God is just channeling his inner Ed Larson and is like, let's put on a hell of a show. Roasts are popular right now. (laughs) We're gonna roast the Virgin Mary. Um, she probably wouldn't like that too much. <laughs> she would not. No. She would not. She is a proper human being who didn't exist. Nah, probably not. They're probably all a am- amalgamation. An amalgamation. That's most likely what it is. Um, so, Ian Cognito, you are the hero of the week. R.I.P., my man. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can watch some of his clips on YouTube. And, again, just die. You're right, Henry. Die, dying doing what you love. Uh, there's a hell of a lot worse places there's a hell of a lot of worse ways to die than uh, die than with that, your so. boots on if you're gonna die. I love that's it. Got me. Fucking die with your boots on, dude. Fucking Iron Maiden, man. That's the, my fucking, uh, fucking my. That's deep in my workout routine. <laughs> about eight minutes into the workout of the 15 minute yes. workout routine. <laughs> yes, uh, that's great. All right, and just uh, just lastly here, obviously we had 420 uh, just recently. Hope everyone had a really good time. As I talked about on April and Scott Bat, don't forget about the people incarcerated for the exact thing that we all celebrated. Um, but there was a crazy woman uh, who went to Columbine. Uh, she is 18 years old. Her name is Sol, Sol Payas, and she does not look 18, by the way. Uh, she went down to, to Colorado. She bought a shotgun, and she's like, I'm going to do some crazy stuff. Of course, she posted that all over social media, and then people were like, hey, cops, hey, cops, there's a crazy person going down to Colorado to reenact what she believes uh, was the scene during Columbine. Long story short, she ended up committing suicide as the officers closed in on her. So, oh, uh, this is this story. I want to call. We, well, I got to get into that story. I got to read yeah, that. I didn't I, even get into it. I mean, it's just interesting because the the Columbine. Now we're twenty years deep, and yeah. it's so weird because this girl is eighteen years old, so she wasn't born yet. She wasn't. She you know it was two more years before she even existed. Um, that's when Columbine took place in nineteen ninety nine. Obviously, so it is strange, just like kind of the folklore. That's what I found interesting, the folklore around Columbine and just kind of where she got. So we can actually do a deeper dive on her at some point. I just know we got that story and that was all over the national news media. And um, it's just a strange it's Columbine has become such a strange little like bud light bug light 
for for crazy people. It's it's I very actually, interesting because it's still the inner their inner world is still divided. I think there's a lot of people that buy the main early narrative Ugh. that they were bullied and that yeah. they were victims and that they put their their they put their woe on other people. But yeah. then I like the new narrative and I believe in that the idea that they are in fact were bullies, which I do believe anybody that would go towards murdering as yeah. many human people as possible. <laughs> I think that that probably means you're kind of a jerk off no matter what it is. Well, absolutely. Doing. I mean, it's funny because now CNN and they were on the front lines of this uh, conversation at that time, they have an ad now where it's like they show a picture of an apple and they're like, this is an apple. Even as people tell you it's a banana, it's an apple. And Columbine, two two assholes killed 13 kids and they're like i can't believe they were bullied it's like no they were not bullied by definition they are the people who are the bullies because they just shot up their school so it is bizarre how media can put things through a different lens that is obviously fucking wrong and that probably led as henry just said to this psycho i also wonder i don't know do you feel like there's also a part of it is that i you know We'll never be parents, but I've heard that kind of concept that your teenager kind of becomes a uh, stranger in the other room. That it, there's almost oh, like sure. a engendered sort of like fear of the other, but it's your own children. Where CNN likes to put this idea of being like they become this other like oh yeah entity in that room while they're jerking off and growing hair and shit. But it's like you know, <laughs> you know, mostly you're just going like. I just wish that I could feel normal for a second. Just one second. And it is also very bizarre that this chick was just gone, just able to buy a shotgun. Don't really know why. Uh, At some point, don't you just ask, like, why are you here? Why do you need it? It seems to be right around the anniversary of Columbine. You seem to have like a bunch of Dylan. You have a Dylan Klebold tattoo. What, what's going on? Like you have a tattoo with Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold that just says gone too soon on it. It's the same thing, people that are sexually obsessed with Ted Bundy and all Ugh. that kind of stuff. It's just, it's a way to, it does feel like it's a, uh, anti-establishment way of looking at life and you want to make sure that nobody can pin you down and you can be sexually excited to the bad boy like and you're sick of the Ugh. fake bad boys you want to be sexually excited by the real bad boys <laughs> yeah by raging sociopaths yes. um, all right well i guess that's we have some more stories but we can always cover those next week it doesn't really matter yeah of course uh, we could be doing this forever so yeah we can uh, always cover the stories we'll just th- keep covering more stories they shall be covered is there anything else henry do we have no, anything man. to say are we plugging anything oh you no, know what? you know what i want to say what? you know what i was thinking about this week we really fetishize negative thought on the internet we do we do i think we strive to possibly be more positive and more like hey you can do it. I, you know, like you get out there, you can change your shit. Just know for a fact, if you keep doing something in one direction, it's it's gonna turn your way. When the clock is gonna, the, the hands of the clock are gonna get to the point where it's your time, no matter what. And no I don't talk about what. death. I'm talking about success. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Keep on working hard, and we'll we'll get there too one day. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, just be, you know, try to be as polite as possible. I mean, the thing is the internet is not real. We go all over the place. We go to, we talk to people all the time. Everyone's the vast majority of people are so extremely nice. It is funny though, when you meet someone who is very nice in real life and then you're like, follow me on Twitter and then they follow you and you follow them or Instagram. And then you see their Instagram and you're like, how are you so much fuck? meaner on social? I just talked to you for two hours. You're very nice. And it's then you important just to remember. At- and I think what you said is just is correct. The internet is not real. It it's is not, not real. It, it is an extension of our subconscious. 
So we, we are just just know that it's it's wish it's it is reality mixed with fantasy, mixed with the things that you want to hear, the your whole everything you see because of the algorithms have completely fucking catered to your eyeballs. Yep. You are being fed a menu that you ordered. And so nothing you are being constantly hypnotized by what you see on your smartphone and on your computer. Absolutely. And remember that. Absolutely. And just lastly, don't forget hot slash or hot dash dog.org. We have to make Jackie Zabrowski the 2019 hot dog ambassador. And we're getting there. Eric. She's got to watch these nitrates. She's got to start drinking some water. (laughs) I know you're concerned. Uh, Eric Mittenthal. Now his, his Twitter is at meet VP. Who is he? You ask? Well, he is the vice president of the national hot dog and sausage council. He tweeted at Jackie. He says, getting bombarded with hot dog ambassador nominations for at Jack the Worm, yet no invitation to join her podcast. So he might be on. Who knows? But <laughs> who he knows? Is, so he's angling for a spot. Jackie, you got to play to play. You got to pay to play. Uh, and in this case, I think Payne is getting this dude on the pod. Um, so there you go. Hot dash or dog dot org. Hot dash dog dot org. Get Jackie Zabrowski what she's always wanted. And Henry, you're right. We'll have to watch her nitrating intake. But this is bigger than that. It's about the sash. I know, I know, but it's just like I think. Hopefully, she can go like, oh, like, oh, like bite to the side of it a couple of times. I just don't want her to lose her damn feet. She's not going to lose her feet because a couple of scrumptious dogs. Also, maybe they can do what Psalms do when it comes to wine: have a little hot dog spittoon. <laughs> so she can mm, just- mm, I'm getting a little bit of um mm, pig asshole. Mm, <laughs> I believe that is. Oh, that is an entire nitrate. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ugh, the disgusting spittoon that would be full of once bitten hot dogs. <laughs> there it is. Hot dog. It just smells like the fucking ass wipe guy from the plane. <laughs> I'm sure it Ugh. does. Oh, can't even imagine what that dude smells so, like. Um, all right, so everyone. live your life. Live your life like you just received your Miss Hot Dog of the Year Aww. sash, and you, and you got and you got no creases in it yet. Love your new sash by getting it ironed and dry cleaned. Don't put it in with, uh, I'd say, wash it on cold. Yeah. Not on hot because it tends to shrink and nothing would be sadder. I guess it should be tight. I guess the sash should be tight. It's no. a hot dog. No, it it's a hot be. dog ambassador t- sash. But shouldn't it be big enough to be loose? I think the sash has to be loose. Otherwise, it's but just kind of a- it, But if it's a tight, then you look like a cigar that is that loves hot dogs, which I guess is good. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like a Chewbacca type. You have a really nice, tight Chewbacca belt. And but, laugh like- yeah. Your your father or your best friend is is tickling your bottom with a hot dog. There Just it laugh is. and laugh like your like like father's there and he knows that you're ticklish and he just wants to just ooh, ooh, ee, ooh, ee, hit you with the hot dog right about the ticklish part of your leg, which is the top of the back of your thigh, right where it meets the butt. All right. Well, also, evidently, according to my Citizen app, uh, 0.2 miles away from me is a stove fire, a stovetop <laughs> fire. So I'm going to go put that out here really quick, and uh, we will be back and talk to you next week. Thank you all for listening and supporting all the shows here. If you want to know more about the the politics stuff, Abe Lincoln Stop and we talk about the Mueller report. And guess what, Henry? What? We're not ending in that. We're not stopping that war in Yemen. We're back in, baby. I um, am endlessly crushed by your news. (laughs) It's horrible. Okay, everyone. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. 
Magustalicious. Tell me and thank you for listening. Buy tickets, Vancouver, and uh, buy tickets, Salt Lake City, yeah, to our live shows. If you see a steward, if you see a steward or stewardess, shake their hand. Thank them for their service. They're good. I, honestly, tip your flight attendant. Do you do tipping? Every once in a while. If I'm going to drink a lot. Huh. Okay. I didn't know that was a thing. Is that a thing? Now, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a Robert De Niro from Analyze This kind of move, but it oh. does work. What about tipping uh, the maid service from the hotels? Do you leave always. money? Always. You always leave money there? Always. Yeah, especially if I've really been rubbing my butt on all the surfaces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. Bye. 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 This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Save big money on protecting your garden. Now at Menards. Messina's Animal Stopper is a liquid repellent that prevents pesky animals from damaging your garden. Available in a convenient, ready-to-use bottle. It lasts for up to 30 days, regardless of weather and watering. Save big money on Messina's Animal Stopper at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals happening now. Save big money.